Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Foran. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is enjoying longer days and warmer weather. The winter doesn't seem to quite want to let go yet where I'm at, but I think the forecast is showing a trend in uh, warming temperatures. So I know I'm ready to stop wearing my winter jacket. (laughs) Uh, So here's the big news for today. As I'm recording this intro segment on April 3rd, 2022, Strangeology just celebrated its two-year anniversary, which is totally wild. Uh, The podcast itself is only a little over a year old. I think it was around late December 2020 when I pulled the trigger on launching it. But if you're new here or didn't know, Strangeology started over on Instagram originally. Nothing was really going on at the start of the pandemic. Uh, so I decided to start posting over there uh, about like cryptids and UFOs, the paranormal and that kind of thing. And well, now we're here two years later and this thing is kind of grown into something. (laughs) So thank you for checking out my show and supporting what I do here. It's amazing and you have my deepest thanks and gratitude. I love doing this and digging into fun topics or having interesting conversations with other people who are part of the Fortean community. And just know that this is just the beginning. We're not stopping or slowing down. And the more people support what I'm doing here, The content I make will get bigger and better. So here's to many more years to come. Also, hello and thank you to anyone who has just started listening to my show. If you're not aware, I'm on TikTok. And in the last two weeks, my account over there kind of exploded. (laughs) Uh, I've been pushing some short form video content there people seem to really be into on cryptids and some other stuff. So if you're not following me there, definitely uh, don't miss out on that. And again, welcome to anyone new to the show uh, who enjoys listening to longer form podcast discussions on uh, cryptids, UFOs, the paranormal, and that kind of thing. As far as uh, other updates, I just moved into uh, a larger office space Technically, I'm moving back into this room that I, that I'm in. Uh, when I moved into my house a few years ago, I originally set my computer up uh, in this upstairs spare bedroom that I'm in. But then things got kind of moved around, and I wound up parking on the uh, the landing at the top of the stairs and had kind of a, a limited amount of space. But since things are kind of growing uh, with the podcast and and all the other stuff that's associated with it. 
uh, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, I need to make some more room, especially with video content stuff that I'm trying to uh, do more of. And I was a little wishy-washy about taking up more space, but my partner was like, let's do it because if you don't do it now, you're not going to. <laughs> so uh, I still have a lot of organizing to do. And I'm trying to set up a nice little area to film videos for YouTube video stuff. Uh, but I've got a few things I'm waiting on in the mail for that. I just picked up a brand new lens for my my camera, which I've been testing out with. And uh, it looks really cool. So I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm pumped. Uh, so, yeah, this means that there's going to be some some good quality content coming from Strangeology. So stay tuned for for all that kind of stuff on that front. And one more thing before we get into the episode today. I do have a few new items in the shop in the Homestate Cryptids and Legends collection that I have going. Uh, this project that I've been working on since the summer of 2020 Um so the new the new ones are for Kansas and North Carolina. So definitely check those out. I have this progress map which I've been using in my video series that I've been posting over on TikTok where I'll do the cryptid for whatever state uh and I, I post these on YouTube as well and I've been getting a lot of requests for a large print of the map once it's complete. Um, so that's definitely going to be uh, available at some point in the near future. I think I only have about 11 or 12 states left to fill in for the map of the U.S., uh, but then there's ones I want to circle back to when I <laughs> with states that have like multiple awesome cryptids and, and things like that. Uh, there's a few that already have multiple like West Virginia and Arizona. I definitely want to hit Kentucky again. And then there's the the eventual moving out to the international realm. I've had people <laughs> requesting to do like uh, a Canadian map and, and other places around. So yeah, that's <laughs> so much stuff going on. Anyway, that's enough out of me. Uh, for today's episode, uh, I had a f- super fun conversation with Jordan Heath. And he's one of the co-hosts of Campfire, Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Jordan is a uh, kindred spirit, and we have a really similar background of being in into music and touring and, and weird stuff. <laughs> so I think you're going to like it. Um, make sure to grab a drink and a snack and settle in because we talked for a good long while about music, about cryptids and uh, the Fortean world in general. All right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Tonight's guest is Jordan Heath, who co-hosts the podcast Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Jordan's a super nice dude. Happy to have him here tonight. He's a Midwest native, a musician, an artist, a writer, and most importantly, an enthusiast of the weird. So thanks for coming on to the show tonight, Jordan. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Stoked to be here. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I see we have a, a guest in the background there with a, some some kitty cat action. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. 
<laughs> we we love the cats. I've got three three at home myself. <laughs> yeah, my my wife is a vet tech, so we're overrun. <laughs> nice. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you're you're a music guy. I'm a music guy. I think one of the first times that we chatted was in reference to I think it was Motion City Soundtrack or something yeah. like that. I used one of their songs on an Instagram story post that I did and you yeah. messaged me. You're like, Hey, you're a pretty all right, dude. I think we can be <laughs> friends. Um, yeah. How would you say growing up like in that Midwest music scene, how, how has it affected like your life? Well, I mean, significantly <laughs> really like um, it started out with punk rock, right? Like Orion and I, we were in punk bands together from the age of like 14, we were writing punk songs and, and all that. But by the time, you know, when, I think we went through the same like metamorphosis that most punk kids did where like we started listening to like the emo stuff in the early two thousands. <laughs> and then that became like yeah. hardcore by the time high school was over and then metal in our twenties. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but by the time I was a senior in high school, it became clear that like the fun in Indiana, at least at that time was at hardcore shows like that we, cause we live in like a rural, we grew up in a rural town, like an hour from the nearest decent city with a decent venue, especially for punk shows. Um, but that, that time period was like, Oh, in Indiana in the Midwest in general, but Indiana specifically, it was the Christian hardcore scene was huge. Interesting. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. enormous. <laughs> so like so people like, who are super into like under oath and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right basically. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've heard, you ever heard of the Cornerstone Music Festival, but like. Yeah. yeah. Sort of familiar, but I'm not totally sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's kind of a niche, right? The Christian hardcore scene, but sure. like in the Midwest in the early 2000s, if you wanted to play for more than 10 people, you you went to Christian hardcore shows. Yeah. Like I would go to like a punk show in Indianapolis and they would be playing like um like gutter street punk for like six people and half of them rode in the van there with them. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I and, feel that vibe, man. Uh, too many times. <laughs> yeah. But then I'd go to Kokomo and get and go to like a Christian hardcore show where every band there sounded like Haste the Day or sounded like, you know, a really bad version of Under Oath. <laughs> and they'd be playing for 300 kids packed into like a, into a hall. And yeah, so that's what I gravitated toward. And honestly, I don't know if I ever really bought the I was raised by like atheist parents. So the Christian thing never really got me hook, line, and sinker. But I think I took a lot from that scene, from the people I met there. I think that affected my life the most, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And coming from a small rural town um, and you you go into these these communities and scenes where a lot of the times, you know, people are super accepting. There's definitely cliques and, and people who are problematic in those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> As I've learned sure. over, over the years. Um, but yeah, like in, in my experience, you know, I grew up in a town of 3000 people. Yeah. <laughs> and same. 
and you know the the biggest city where I'm from is only like forty thousand people, and yeah, lived about half an hour, thirty five minutes away. So, yeah, after I was in high school, I had to drive out there to meet with people and form bands and that kind of thing. And it, right. yeah, the, the punk shows are always just like whoever your friends are that you bring to the show and nobody yep. else. And it's still, <laughs> it's still the case today. And, um, and the hardcore scene was always like super strong. I remember going, uh, with an old friend to go see, um, terror and most precious blood and yes. i think there was one local opening band at this uh indoor skate park that used to be uh in burlington vermont and uh it was packed <laughs> uh, that poor <laughs> that, that poor local band i know yeah. man <laughs> playing uh, local bands playing in front of terror fans good luck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's one time where I, I the one hardcore band i played in played uh we opened up for murphy's law at like the big venue in town and it was just like tons of people <laughs> it was a, it was a wild time but like any other band i've been in since <laughs> it's just kind of been like yeah you know you got a dozen people come out and that's yeah. fine but it's it's about the community you know yeah for sure yeah oh you have to get used to that if you're in the punk scene for yeah, sure exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so you play uh, guitar and you also play bass, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I started with bass, but ultimately guitar players were more needed than bass players. So I figured it out. Yeah, right on, right on. Um, uh, have you spent time like uh, touring before? Did you used to like get in the van and play oh, yeah. around the Midwest or mostly local to Indiana? Yeah, we did. I, I was in several bands in my early twenties that did like legitimate tours through the Midwest and the South. We never, I always wanted to make it up to your area, but we never quite got there, but <laughs> yeah, we would go out for like two week, two week tours off and on the longest one. The longest one we ever did, we did three weeks. We did all the way down to Florida and back. Oh, and then, hell. yeah. And then, we um we did like five it was five dates on the um oh what was that it was a huge tour that we just got added to five dates it was like misery signals and darkest hour and like all these huge bands it was like a festival no kidding and yeah and we did like five five the last five dates of that tour oh that's yeah, awesome <laughs> it definitely did some i did my fair share of sleeping on top of base cabinets in the back of vans <laughs> Yeah, driving That's down awesome. the interstate. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done as much touring as uh, I'd like, but um, back in, in 2018, my current band, uh, which is the longest band I've ever been in, which is weird. It's going on eight years now. That's awesome. <laughs> um, we did do like an eight or nine day tour in in uh, the summertime. And yeah. uh, I, I picked up this van. Turned out it was like, super rusty and it couldn't be inspected which sucked so yeah. we, had to, we had to ditch it after the tour but um we you know it was like nights of either sleeping on like someone was nice enough to offer up a few beds or a couch but then mm -hmm. there are other shows like we we played a show in philly and we stayed at our our buddy's 
apartment that he had just moved into and he had no furniture and it was <laughs> sweltering hot, no AC. I think he oh, had man. like he, he had like an ottoman footstool uh and my bassist wound up uh sleeping on that. He just kind of like curled up and like I was on uh, the yep. floor and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just roughing it, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> what would you say uh your favorite show uh, that you've ever been to? Oh man. Okay. So every time I die and the chariot played at a place called Bulldogs cafe in Kentucky, it's like, it was right on the Indiana, Kentucky border. And this place was, I mean, a five inch stage with that place didn't business having more than 50 people in it but i was packed in there with like 150 kids oh man and both those bands are notoriously wild on stage especially the chariot like they literally i'm pretty sure they burn a couple venues down while playing like they're pretty insane yeah but that was the craziest show and most enjoyable i mean it was insane there are as many people at times it felt like there were as many people in the crowd as were on top of the crowd between the crowd and the eight foot roof. Oh my God. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> Glad that I mean, place, place yeah. didn't collapse. <laughs> yeah. It felt like, felt like we were in a cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you like self-taught with, with playing guitar and uh, follow up to that? What's your favorite kind of guitar to play? Okay. Um, well I started out, my dad is a blues guy. He like, he he plays blues guitar. He always has. So I grew up learning from him. Um, but basically when I turned and I must've been 13 or 14, I got my first real, actually it was a bass. I got my first real guitar and it was a bass. It was a P bass. Nice. Um, and I just kind of took off from there. Cause at that point I started getting into like the punk stuff and like about as far from like muddy waters as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of ran from there and it was all like, I was sneaking into grocery stores and like tearing out the little tab sections out of the guitar world magazine and stuffing them in my pockets and there you go. just to learn songs. And Yeah. It was pre-internet, right? Before you could just Google the <laughs> yeah, song you wanted to learn. Exactly. Yeah. Late yeah. 90s. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yep. Um, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Um, I saw that you have like a telecaster. Is yeah. that kind of your your main your main axe, if you will? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my go-to right now. It has been for a few years. I'd nice. say my favorite, my that's my favorite kind of guitar to play. And also my favorite guitar of all time is a Telecaster, the Pro-Am 2. Nice. Or the Am Pro 2, right? Um, <laughs> but I could never justify spending two grand on a guitar, so I've never owned one, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I've spent way too much on guitars and basses over the years. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the studio level Telecasters are more in my tax bracket. There you go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what would you say is like your your favorite genre or or band currently? Okay, so there are two two unsigned bands that I've been obsessed with for the last few years and just kind of watching their progress and their 
they write some incredible stuff. So there's a band from Denver called Overslept. Um, I'm yeah, I'm just obsessed with them, and they're the coolest guys. And then from Indianapolis, there's a band called Antlerhead. That is, they're both like kind of post rock, like in the same vein as like maybe the Spill Canvas or Circus Survive. Like okay. That yeah, and just brilliant guys, nice. brilliant musicians. I'll yeah. have to check them out because I'm I'm not familiar with either of them. <laughs> I've yeah. been so so busy recently that I haven't really had a chance to check out too much new music. Um, Honestly, I just kind of <laughs> happened. I just kind of happened upon overslept in one of those. You know, you're in a rabbit hole, just connecting this to the next thing and the next thing. Right. I ran into them a few years ago. And the only reason I found Antlerhead is because we have mutual friends. Oh, there they're, you, go. you know, they're from here in Indiana. So yeah, but great bands. I definitely S- recommend them. Nice. Nice. Um, and what would you say are your like top three or five albums of, of all time? <laughs> okay. So of all the like prep questions that I got. This is the one I was the most glad that I got ahead of time because this is like, I always find these things like impossible to do on the fly. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. So I made a list for you. Top five. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) Number five is we don't have each other. The album from Aaron West in the roaring twenties. Um, yeah. The dude gotcha. from uh, Wonder Years. Okay. I don't know if you Yeah. His side project. I've never listened to it, but oh, man. I might have to check it out. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's like, if you like Wonder Years, it's kind of like if their vocalist started a band like Bright Eyes. Okay. Like, okay. yeah. Lots of arrangement <laughs> and yeah, it's really good. Nice. Okay. Number four is Pump Up the Valium from NoFX. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. That was yep. one of my first... Uh, probably top 10 or 15 albums in high school. I know that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, number three is Deloused in the Comatorium by the Mars Volta. Hey. Yeah. The Mars Volta. Wow. Oh yeah. I've seen them a few times. I mm-hmm. got to meet Cedric once at a show in Boston. That's awesome. Which was weird and, and wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've heard he's a pretty strange guy in prison. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd have to be, right? Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. Number two is um, Define the Great Line from Under Oath. I think that's like a perfect album beginning to end. Right on. (laughs) And uh, number one is Losing Streak by Less Than Jake. Oh, Man, yeah. I feel like Ska is kind of uh, making a little bit of a, a revival, although yeah. the, the Boston's just broke up. <laughs> yeah, that seems but, like a bad omen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a band that um, that my band played with a few years back, and they're still active. I think they're from Jersey, called Keep Flying, that are very much in that kind of like less than Jake aesthetic, but with like more of like a modern um, pop punk, uh, yeah. twist to it. You should definitely check them out. They're super fun. Yeah, I will definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. so, yeah, and, that's my top five. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for, for sharing that Jordan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I, I gave you a, a heads up that I was yeah. going to ask some music stuff and, yeah. um, to transition into talking about not music things, because I'm sure everyone who's listening is wondering 
what, <laughs> why aren't you talking about uh, cryptids and aliens and all that stuff? Right. <laughs> what, what would you say your ideal supergroup uh, band of only cryptids would be? <laughs> all right. This is an awesome question. Yeah. I love this. Okay. Because like the, the storyboarder inside me came out, right? Nice. Seeing this all laid out. So on drums, the Dover Demon. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. The spindly arms just wailing oh, yeah. away. Yep. Shedding some wood. <laughs> yeah. His his snare rolls definitely are super tight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guitars, a Wendigo and a Skinwalker. Oh, God. That just sounds, on both that, guitars. That's just like Doyle and Jerry only. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly what I had in my head. <laughs> nice. Just these tall, looming figures on yep. each side of the stage, right? Yep. <laughs> on uh, on base, the Grafton Monster. There you go. Holding this it down. Huge. Yep. The rhythm huge section. Huge thick dude. Yep. On okay. On synth. We have the Fresno, a Fresno Nightcrawler. Yes. I yeah. Like it. No hands, no hands needed because it's all pre-programmed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's great. And, uh, and the vocalist would be Mothman. Oh, of course. <laughs> for sure. And they, they basically only play Merciful Fate covers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> that made my day. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want a t-shirt of it now. Yeah. That's going <laughs> to, we should talk to Jonathan Dodd or Easton Hawk. Yes. <laughs> They'd probably be able to make something <laughs> rad. Um, right. So, all right. So you and your co-host Ryan have this podcast. It's called Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Yeah. What was the catalyst for starting this show for you guys? Well, um, Ryan and I have been best friends for 25 years, which is insane to say out loud. Like, and it doesn't seem like that, but um, yeah, since we were about seven years old, we've been best friends. And um, as we kind of transitioned into adulthood and started families and got real jobs and we kind of like, you know, you naturally just kind of drift apart, right? You just start spending less and less and less time together. So right. like the original purpose of doing this was to have a solid excuse that neither of us could get out of every week to get together and hang out. Nice. Right? Yeah. That was, and we'd talked about doing a podcast for years, probably five years that we'd talked about it. And, um, now I wish we'd done it five years ago because we'd be five years farther along, but, um, and five years in podcasting is like an eternity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but so we sat down and we tried to, we, we had, we made a list of things we could, you know, genres basically that we could take the podcast toward. And we just kept going back to like our favorite childhood memories, which were, campfire times, right? Like out camping, sitting around a campfire, telling scary stories to each other. Yeah. And yeah. So, th and that's what, so that's what we based it around. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, a great way to, you know, keep in touch with your, your best bud and, and just 
just do the damn thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Uh, so, you know, like many people who are into the paranormal, the Fordian world, whatever you want to call it, uh, we got into this stuff at, a, at an, an early age. Was this the case for you and, and Ryan? Um, and what's the first thing that you remember where you were like, oh, that's a thing I need to learn everything about? Okay. So yeah, um, it was definitely early. I, my dad was always into this stuff, like not quite as deep as I am these days, but he was always like, he has this incredible Bigfoot encounter story from when he was in Alaska, when he was young, like young, young. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm dead set on doing something with that. I don't know if I'm going to write a story based on it or if I'm just going to get him to tell it on the show. Yeah. Um, but I like grew up sitting every weekend. He would have a bonfire with his brothers and, you know, go through, I don't know, probably too much beer over the course <laughs> of the weekend, but just like hanging out around the bonfire. And I heard that story, that encounter story, probably every weekend of my life for like 12 years and it just like got scarier and scarier oh, no. every time he told yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that was what initially piqued my interest. But the things that went along with that, like, you know, I, I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries with him and watching like X-Files and anything that had to do with it, he was into. So I was also into. But... Uh, Aside from that, what made it like practical for me was actually his younger brother was my uncle. Randy was into like the occult stuff, okay. the, like the witchcraft and the like lucid dreaming. And like, he was into the like woo woo side of things, you know? Right on. Um, and he, I remember him talking to me and Ryan actually about it. I remember I have a specific memory from when we were maybe 14 or 15. It was before high school of him like giving us the steps or tips on how to lucid dream. And like, we just had conversations like that with people in like authority, you know, like authority figures when we were kids talked to us about things like that seriously. So it made it feel legit, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's a great uh, story of how you got into it. Yeah. Um, and this, this Alaskan Bigfoot encounter, that sounds, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a pretty awesome story. Um, I mean, the setup, <laughs> the setup for it is wild. Like my dad grew up in, he was like a young teen in what would have been the early sixties and his, like his parents were not the best parents. He was maybe 13 and he and his older brother who was 15 ended up like running away from home and they're hitchhiking. Right. And they make it from Indiana all the way up to Alaska. Oh, wow. Hitchhiking. Yeah. So basically they're, they don't catch a ride one night and they have to like huddle together under their like coats on the side of the road in Alaska <sighs> and sleep. And it's while they're there huddled under their jackets that they have a Bigfoot encounter. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I won't go into the whole thing, but like, it's, yeah. that's the setting. And it's, it's, it's one hell of a story. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to yeah. have to definitely do a, 
do something with that. Thanks for sharing just like a teaser. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your process like when you research episodes? Do you go out and buy books or do you watch documentaries? Uh, you read blogs and articles on the internet. Like how, how does that right. process work for you guys? Um, I would say, and I can't really speak for Ryan cause we alternate, you know, each episode is researched by the other. Um, but when I do, I would say, and I know a lot of people say a little bit of everything, but like, I really, I try to lean heavily toward books and primary sources. Right. Um, yeah, I have like a fairly significant um, academic background. So it's kind of been pounding and in, pounded into my head um, to like search for primary sources to everything should have like three separate independent sources before you can consider it legitimate. Right. Um, things like, which makes this, this niche kind of difficult <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. because um, every time I start researching a new subject, I find 35 web pages that are just copy pasted whatever the last web page was, you know? Yep. I run into that myself. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I've found that you have to like kind of wade through those because every once in a while you'll get just like a little tidbit, like a little extra fact. Right. That you can run down on its own, you know? Um, But yeah, I, I love using books. I'd say I don't use documentaries as much for, research purposes as like a a catalyst for interest. So like a subject that I choose to research might be, might come from watching a documentary on it. Right. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I go through similar, similar processes, uh, for sure. And trying to, (laughs) and it, it is difficult with this kind of subject matter to find, primary sources for sure, but that's definitely the most, uh, legit way to go about it and to make sure that the, the information you're, you're getting is is, as accurate as possible. (laughs) And now like, I don't, I don't mean to like, um, characterize our show as this like lofty academic pursuit, you know, because we do have fun with it. Right. I mean, the, the story section of our episodes, they are stories. Right. And yeah, I, I've always liked the quote, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Right. And sometimes you get those, you know, those unsubstantiated details that just make the story that much better. And I don't have any problem using that, but during the debrief section of our episodes, we talk about them and we, we discuss like this, this is confirmed. This isn't like, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but that first 15, 20 minutes of an episode, like I'll do, I'll put basically anything in there to tell a good spooky story. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that kind of thing is, is really at like the, the core of the human experience. We are a species of storytellers and yes, our history was passed down through oral tradition for thousands of, uh, like untold thousands of years. Right. So yeah, 
you know, details get added or omitted and, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's where our, our legends come from. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about folklore is watch is studying the progression of one story over generations, right? Because those little additions along the way can tell you so much about change in the people telling the stories. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people bring their own frame of reference or interpretation yep. to whatever's relevant to their time period too. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the yeah, you're you're talking about your debrief and then your intro, the production and flow of your guys' episodes. It's super on point, and I love how you you structure everything and the way it's it when it opens up the whole mood is like you're actually there at the campfire listening to someone, which is typically you <laughs> yeah. tell, tell a wild or scary story. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just this really cool dynamic. And it seems like there's, you know, a lot of care into crafting that aesthetic. Um, was that kind of the, the idea that you guys had from the get go? Or is it something that has evolved over time where you're like, okay, we need to, do this next and kind of shift this way with what we're doing. Um, first off, thanks for the kind words. Like, yeah, I'm, I always like to hear that the care that we do put into it is, you know, it's noticed and appreciated because there, I mean, we do put a lot of work into it. It's, it's not, it's not an easy thing. Um, as, as for the progression of the show, we kind of, from the beginning, we've had this premise, right? This setup where you would have the story and then the debrief. Um, but we've definitely gotten better at it for sure along the way. Um, just especially, I'd say somewhere around episode, I don't remember exactly what it was, our Haunted Highways episode. Um, sometime last, I think it was last November, we started really getting delving into like sound design nice, and yeah. And I think that really kicked it up a notch, the storytelling. Um, but yeah, a lot of work goes in and a lot of that sound design and production is thanks to Ryan. He's always nice. been like the, the, he was always the recording engineer when we were in bands, right? He was always the guy who had a home studio and yeah, and did all that. So he knows his way around a doll, like nobody's business. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work for sure. But yeah, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool to know that you like, he works on the sound design and that kind of stuff. Does he actually go through and like compose, uh, the different, um, audio tracks that you use? Yeah. Um, basically every bit of audio that happens in our podcast is written and composed by Ryan and I. Oh, that's so, great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I wrote the intro to, to my show when I first started out, I just kind of opened up GarageBand one day and started fiddling around with a bunch of synth sounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I, I want to like do an updated version that's a little bit shorter <laughs> because yeah. a few people are like, ah, oh, it's a really long intro, man. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I love it. You know, oh, I think it's you. a vibe. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, and then I discovered um, like royalty free music that you can use for uh, podcasts and YouTube videos. Yeah. So I started kind of 
putting stuff at like the end of shows using that kind of vibe. Um, I'd love to have more time to actually compose some other, <laughs> some other yeah. music in that, in that genre. Um, or maybe even like do some more, uh, of my own like music using guitar and stuff like that. But that's, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I feel like um, I need, I need to like hire a team or something. <laughs> yeah. So much. I should say, um, I should say one caveat to that, to it all being Ryan and I is the, the, like under the debrief section, you, you'll notice like an ambient guitar track. Um, that's, that's actually written and performed by a friend of ours named Greg Martin. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's, it's us though. Nice. Um, yeah, he, he has this, um, ambient guitar project called reverent music. It's yeah, it's killer. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, he follows, uh, my page and I think I just yeah. actually followed him back cause I was yeah. like, Oh, this guy's like buddies with <laughs> Jordan and Ryan. Yeah. 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 We used <laughs> right to. On. We used to play in, in, um, well, we'd actually never played in the same band, but we toured together a lot in like 2006 to 2010. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have a really ambitious release schedule, at least compared to what, <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, from what I understand, we, we chatted a little bit about this, um, and if, if you're cool with talking about it, you, you guys have a lot of big plans for, um, you know, the future. And I was wondering, you know, how's the, like, what's the work life balance like with that? And then adding in, you know, the variable of pr like producing more content, um, and that kind of thing. And also yeah. having so someone else there with you to help, I'm sure is, is, uh, helpful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Like, um, cause we release two episodes a week, every week we release, um, a main episode where we actually dive into a topic. And then on Fridays we release a fireside chat, which is just an interview with, um, sometimes an experiencer, sometimes, you know, a fellow podcaster or like someone me, else. I was on it recently. Yeah. Listen to yes, that you episode. <laughs> Definitely do. Yeah. That was a great one. Um, but yeah, um, it's been nice having the two of us because we alternate, right? So I have two weeks to to research a topic instead of one week, yeah, um, which is really nice, um, especially because we're writing, you know, just for the main episode, we're writing twelve pages of material for every episode, right? Yeah, yeah, so, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, usually try to t like cap things off between, uh, like nine and 10,000 words, which is yep. probably similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right about there. Yeah. Um, I think when I did Nahani Valley, it was, that thing was crazy. Yeah. Like the, the story section, I fought to get under 20 minutes. Oh man. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's think, something that, that I, I recently found out about and I've been wanting to eventually uh, do my own, my own episode and take on that. <laughs> it's yeah, dude. a wild story. I mean, you could do multiple parts the way you did giants. Yeah, right? that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. There's a lot to that place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I felt when I, when I finished and I'll put that in quotes, finished, um, 
when I felt like I'd done enough for the episode, I just walked away with a feeling like I could write a book about this, you know, cause there was just, it was probably 30, probably 30,000 words when I finished. Wow. And then I had to like, I had to cut it down and cut it down and cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's wild. But yeah, as we do two episodes a week for the main show, but we've been really trying to build up our Patreon recently. So that's where all the the extra work is going to come in. Gotcha. Um, and we've already started. The plan is by the end of next month to be up to where we where we want to be, which is um, two separate weekly shows that'll be like half an hour each, um, and then two separate monthly shows that are like deep dives. Right. And I'll be doing one of those will be me diving into the missing 411 phenomenon. Nice. Um, and the other will be Ryan diving into the men in black. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just a full series for each topic. And um, yeah. And the two weekly shows are basically like a 40 and news show where we just like read some articles like they're a little looser. Yeah. Right. And the other one we're calling Lights Out, which we've already started releasing. And that's just straight short horror fiction. Cool. Yeah. Just read to effect with with sound design and and the full nine yards. Nice. Yeah. And that's been really cool. That's Ryan awesome. and I both write a lot. We yeah. Just write so. a lot. So <laughs> yeah, once we're where we're once we are where we want to be, we'll be releasing 18 episodes a month. Wow. So, yeah. Well, good that's, luck. That's a lot. Good luck to you guys. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So, the, in other words, the work-life balance is always a struggle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I am. I'm also someone who is finishing my degree and working and have five kids and a wife, and like my life is very full already. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hats off to you, man. That's uh, you. You've got. Uh, You've got a life. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm slowly becoming one of those I'll sleep when I'm dead guys. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what would you say is your favorite episode that you've done so far? Um, and I'll, I'll say this. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to a ton of your stuff. I'm always super okay. busy. Um, yeah. But I loved your guys' episode on the Jersey Devil. That's like one of my favorite, if not my favorite, cryptid stories. Um, nice. My old band actually had an EP that we released on a seven inch called the Leeds EP, and it was all about uh, the mm -hmm. Jersey, the Jersey Devil. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that tells you anything. Yeah. That band also that had, had a song about Mothman and Point Pleasant and uh, some other stuff too. <laughs> this That's was like awesome. circa two thousand six, two thousand seven. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked our Jersey devil episode too. I was, I was kind of worried when it went out because I don't believe in the Jersey devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I love the story. Yeah. I love it. I think it's like a vital piece of American folklore, you know, but like, and people get offended when you don't believe in their cryptid. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They really, really do. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, Jeremiah from Bigfoot Society, right? Yeah. 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 He, uh, he was posting something on like TikTok the other day and he like, 
made the squonk community <laughs> really angry. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he did, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's my favorite stuff, man. My, my favorite thing about that story is the realization that I am now in a position in life where I get to hear phrases like the squonk community. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah a thing. it sure is. But I, I'd say my favorite episode is either, it's probably a tie. I'm going to cop out and, sit and give it a tie. Either the Van Meter Visitor episode. Ooh. Which was very good. I loved that episode so much. That's a great story too. Yes, it is. Or um, we did an episode on Granger Taylor, which I adored. I love that guy so much. All right. Like I'm gonna yeah. have to go and listen to those uh, in my car someday. <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend it. Yeah. Cool. Granger Taylor is a really cool, really cool story. I don't know if you're familiar with that story, I'm not, but I'm not actually. It's a no. guy who lived in in Alaska and in a super small town. He was obsessed with UFOs, right? Okay. And he um, basically he told his his one friend. He told his one friend that like on this date at this time, like he was like I've been visited by aliens. On this date at this time, they're coming to get me. Oh, like he knew ahead of time, right? And he was like, they're coming during during a big storm. They're going to use the storm to like cover their entrance and exit. Oh man! And yeah, and on that date, the I believe it was Vancouver Island experienced the largest storm it had in two hundred years, and he vanished. No way! <laughs> yeah. Never, never heard or seen again. Oh, that's wild. I'm going to have yeah. to look into that. kind of gives me, um, it's like a, a cross between like Whitley Strieber's communion. And then also that, that movie, uh, the fourth kind with, uh, oh, yeah. was that Mila Jovovich that was in that movie? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. That was a, that was a scary movie at times. Yeah. Not, not like mostly, but when like the alien abductions were going on, like that was freaky yeah it's yeah when you have like so many of those abduction stories in your head and then you see it so accurately depicted visually it's like it's kind of shocking right yeah it's like i just had this like loose ethereal version of it in my head and now i'm like it's concrete in front of me yeah 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 (laughs) yeah that's a big uh nope for me (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah um what would you say is uh, your favorite cryptid from Indiana? Okay. Because there's a so, few. Yeah, there are a few. Um, actually, Jeremiah, again, recently told me a story about ground sloths being seen in Indiana at one point and like giant ground sloths. Yeah. Um, that's super cool. I had never heard of that. So that was cool. He like sent me articles and everything on it. So nice. Yeah. Um, I'd say my favorite is the mud mermaids. It's like it's classic Southern Indiana. Like I also, I'm kind of obsessed with yellow journalism <laughs> and all that, all that stuff going on during the turn of the 20th century. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And this was like prime that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. But I love that story. Nice. That's a, that's a fun one for sure. Um, yeah. Have you, you've seen, um, you know, Maximus Prime uh, oh, yeah. art. He did a really cool piece uh, uh, 
for his like state project that he's working on for the money. Yeah. Donates. Yeah. Although he gave them hair, which I was distinctly offended by. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> these things were not pretty in any way, shape or form. Um, oh, yeah. I guess you get it. Yeah. <laughs> Our artistic liberties. Or something, yeah. I yeah. Guess. Artistic <laughs> license. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so you guys cover more than like cryptids, of course. Is there a topic that you enjoy researching more like true crime or paranormal? What would you say you're most passionate about with this show? Um, you know, I would probably honestly say cryptids. A close second is mysteries. I just love these like bizarre pieces of human history like um like we did the um the island more lighthouse mystery okay. where these uh lighthouse keepers just vanished i like i love a good missing person story especially when it's like when it has these possibly possibly paranormal aspects yeah right um yeah, and we did like the the lead masks of Vintame Hill, a story about two guys in Brazil who were found dead on this hillside. And they basically they had all this accoutrement with them, like they were trying to ascend. Or it's very they were obsessed with UFOs. Okay. Um yeah, just I like these these weird, weird mystery stories. I think that's probably what I'm most passionate about. I'm when you talk cryptids, I I really like, I feel like most, the vast majority of the things that we as a community call cryptids probably have nothing to do with an un, undiscovered animal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's be cryptid has become a term that's kind of just a catch all for creatures. Right. Right. Of yeah. Some entities. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, and um, like the real actual, like, cryptozoological phenomenon is like, I feel like it's much smaller than what we like that. Um, that piece of art behind you on the wall. Yes. The, yeah. The, the ca crossing the Delaware. Oh, which finger am I? Th th this one. Yeah. There you yes. go. Yeah. <laughs> like most of those aren't unclassified animals. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but I do love that, that I like the, I I like not understanding. That's my favorite thing about our show and about looking into this. I'm not one of those guys who needs an answer, yeah, you know, or needs to even lean one way or the other. Like I'm perfectly happy fence sitting and enjoying <laughs> the view of both sides, you know? Sure. Um, and I like that. I don't know what the hell any of these things are. Right. I feel like a lot of people, they want to like, no way. Bigfoot is an ape. Right. And but nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Bigfoot's a, a quantum ultra terrestrial from exactly. another dimension. We just yeah. don't know. <laughs> maybe he's an extraterrestrial, right? Yeah. Maybe, Sighted maybe around he's lots like, of UFOs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's like the ghost of, of a um, Neanderthal, you know, <laughs> like it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. <laughs> Very true, but also maybe untrue. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing that always kind of like raises my eyebrow and it's, um, and I'm not trying to gatekeep 
but it's it's when people classify like gray aliens as cryptids and i'm like yes are they cryptids or are they another there's an, an alien species from another planet i mean i guess technically they're not discovered yet but <laughs> there's plenty more evidence for aliens than there are for most most cryptids. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's always the funny thing that uh, that I always wonder about when when uh, they're included in the classification of uh, cryptids. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about. I mean, the most egregious version of that is Mothman, right? <laughs> like the odds that Mothman it was really an unclassified giant bird are very small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that feels like a very small possibility to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but you know, the same argument could be had for gray aliens that you have for Bigfoot or Mothman really is. Yeah. Are they extraterrestrial? Are they ultra terrestrial? Are they like time travelers? Right. Like there's so who really knows yeah. with all of it. And that's you know, the cool part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And speaking of aliens, what's your take on, on the UFO phenomena and uh, recent, um, I guess, e- efforts of, of disclosure? There's all sorts of, you know, talk and stuff with like people like Tom DeLonge and Lou Elizondo mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's a fun, um, fun topic. Here's the thing. It's changed a lot over the years. I'm... And I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm like, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. It kind of turns me off, actually. Like the the like real deep conspiracy stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, all the, yeah, I won't even use any of the buzzwords. But like, I'm, I'm not any, probably when I was young, I was like a UFOs are aliens, right? Yeah. I was... 100% on board with it. I'm I'm not at this point a nuts and bolts UFO guy. Like I I have trouble I don't know because it's changed so much over time and the, the description of UFO encounters and alien encounters it always seems to fit perfectly within the cultural context that it occurred in. Right? right? Yeah. So there has to be something, something else to it. Um, and there are so many weird stories like, like the, um, what is it? The Aurora crash, UFO crash. It, um, there's a detail in there where they claim to have found paper, like physical papers inside with like weird alien language written on it. And I'm almost fairly certain, I'm, I'm almost certain that someone, a society or a civilization capable of interstellar travel probably is not still using a pen and paper <laughs> inside their spaceship. You know what I mean? Like there's just weird things like that and like clear glass windows in the sides of these crafts and like, but when you, sorry, back to my original point, when you look at like UFO accounts from like the middle ages, even they're seeing large literal, like wooden ships in the sky. Right. right. Mm-hmm. That's what they describe. And you take that to the fifties, you're seeing the saucer, you take it. Now we're seeing the Tic Tac and we're seeing the the black triangles, right? Like these things, they, it's like they upgrade with us. Right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So it feels like more than just a physical thing. I think there's definitely a psychosocial angle to it or influence in what's happening. Like, I don't want to say tulpas, but <laughs> I, I feel like the perception of the experiencer has a lot to do with what, what with what's there. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. It's a wild rabbit hole that you can keep going down. And it's... Yeah like tied to the trickster phenomenon it's tied to interdimensionality Mm -hmm. um the time cube (laughs) the cosmic joker yeah Yeah. it's yeah there's there's something going on but it's just like what is it (laughs) yeah yeah it seems to have been with us for a very long time yeah so See, that's the thing. That's the thing that I try to keep in like the back of my head at all times is like, of all these stories that we explore, of all of them, if even one of them is true, if even one of them is true, that means something has been shadowing humanity since its inception. Right. Like, yeah, that's what that means. Something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but something is there. If yeah. one story is true, <laughs> something's there. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> encountered anything that you couldn't explain? Oh man. This is the saddest question. Oh, because no. it's no. Uh, well, <laughs> it's hey, no. Not everybody has. Most people have. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, and I joke a lot with Ryan that I'm just like, I reek of desperation. So they stay <laughs> away from me, you know? Yeah. Because I, you know, I would love confirmation, right? I just, I've never had it. Yeah. Right. And I grew up in houses where my mom and my brother and my friends were all having these like paranormal experiences and seeing things and feeling things. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to watch TV guys. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, a lot of the times, you know, it, it comes to you when you're not expecting it. Um, Yeah. But then there's people that claim that they can like summon UFOs and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they're See, actually legit. <laughs> that's, that's another thing that, sorry, to if we go back like to the, the emotional version or the perception of UFOs, I feel like that's a really common thing actually to hear. Like I could tell that the UFO saw me see it, mm-hmm. right? Like I felt like we were interacting. Yeah. And like that, there's no way that's just physical. No, no. Right? There's something there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Quantum go backward, entang- but yeah. Quantum entanglement. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, okay, so let's let's do a little bit of a, a non sequitur here because I saw that you are a Seinfeld fan. <laughs> and I yeah. wanted to know what what's your favorite episode of Seinfeld? Oh man, it's the keys. Yeah. It's the the keys is my favorite Seinfeld episode by far where they are they're um they have each friend has a friend who has a backup set of their keys to their apartment, right? God, so yeah, that episode. they're just <laughs> yeah, they're just working backwards. Everyone's trying to get their keys back and give them to new friends and I there's one there's one moment where um Jerry and Jerry and George find out that Elaine has been writing episodes of Murphy Brown 
on our like on our own, just like for fun. Yeah. And I feel like little moments like that in that show are what makes it beautiful. Yeah. It's like these are like it didn't feel like other sitcoms of the era. This felt like real people. You know what I mean? Like I know people who do stuff like that. Like how many people do you think you know who probably write things that no one will ever see? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. I don't know. I love that episode. Right, yeah. It's like it reveals a ton of like interpersonal stuff between the characters. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a cool episode. Yeah, no. That was a great show. I uh <laughs> I was going to say I love the uh because it's kind of like um in a way related to <laughs> maybe a cryptid, but the, the episode where they're in the hospital and Kramer finds the pig man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to tell everybody that there's a pig man in the hospital. No one, no one believes him. But then at the end, yeah. he's like, ah. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. We, um, my, my partner and I like binge watched the whole series. Um, I think like a year or two ago and yeah, before that, I think I had watched the whole series back in like 2015 <laughs> or, nice. or something like that. Do you ever watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Speaking yeah. of like Larry David and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah. The new season was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love everything Larry David does. So yeah. 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 And Seinfeld for that matter. I like, I personally don't give a shit about cars, but I could watch <laughs> comedians and cars getting coffee. I've watched every episode of that. Dozens yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that too. I don't think I've seen every episode, but yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, some some good watching TV. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, now, you're also a bit of a, a horror film fan. Uh, what are your favorite movies in that in that genre? Okay. Yeah, I honestly, I'm a very picky horror fan. I'm... Like I'm kind of a snob about <laughs> horror movies, which sucks because it's a genre that is honestly filled with really bad movies. <laughs> like yes. there's a lot of bad horror, right? And the biggest horror movie fan will tell you. And the happiest horror fans are the ones who get joy even from the bad ones. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think I fall into that camp. Um, I love, I think when a horror movie is made well, it's the best movie going experience imaginable, right? Mm -hmm. um, over any other genre when it's done well, which yeah, is rare. I think my two favorite horror movies ever are Suspiria. Ooh. Yeah. Which is, you know, Dario, Dario Argento is it's like a visual masterpiece. Yeah. I watched that the, back in God, I don't know, long time ago. <laughs> I haven't watched yeah. it since, but it was a good one. <laughs> So like the, the premise is a ballet school that is secretly like a witch coven, but none of that even matters. The story doesn't matter. It's like tense visual and musical energy from beginning to end. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done. And, and that's the, the other one is <laughs> yes. Yes. The original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I think they remade it and, what like 2018 or something Some, something like fairly that. recent yeah 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 <laughs> um sorry no um, and the second one is the shining oh okay I, yeah yep. i grew up 
as like a massive Stephen King fan, I still like I have a bookshelf like right next to me that has every book he's ever written. Oh wow. Um I'm yeah, which is a lot. That guy never stops. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I love The Shining, I feel like is because I'll take psychology over gore a hundred times out of a hundred, mm-hmm. right? With horror. And that movie is like pure psychological torture. Yeah. It's just like the concept of watching someone slowly turn into someone else, someone they never thought they would be, you know, yeah. that's, I think that's the scariest thing that, that I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. Right. It's like just the concept that maybe this time next year, I won't even recognize myself. <laughs> right. Like that's scary yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you guys done an episode on the Stanley hotel at all or have any plans no. to? <laughs> I, it's on my list. Yeah. But um I have a couple friends who who worked out there and I really would rather cover it in like a fireside chat and talk with them about it. Oh, that would be cool. Um yeah. Um but yeah, it's that's there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um all right. Well, we are at uh, the top of the hour, so I'm going to do a few more questions here. And then we've, we've got a couple audience questions I want to I want to throw at you. Um, so can you talk about any uh, plans you have coming up for 2022? Are you are you guys going to try to make it to, out to any of the festivals? Uh, are you doing any vending to kind of promote the podcast, that kind of thing? Okay. So we will be, we will absolutely 100% be at, I mean, barring disaster, right? If an asteroid doesn't hit, we will be at, um, cryptid bash and cryptid con. Nice. Um, we'll be at least at cryptid con. We'll be vending from the paranormality magazine table. Ah, right. On. Um, yeah. So we'll just kind of, you know, we'll be partnered up with them for that event. And we, really are we're really really hoping and trying to like get it scheduled to be at the van meter visitor festival um it's a little bit longer of a drive for us but even that's only eight eight hours eight and a half hours which isn't terrible nice um yeah that's the plan for and we're just we're um basically until then we're just steady dropping new t-shirts yeah that's awesome you guys actually um recently released this awesome uh design that jonathan dodd uh illustrated and uh he's a great artist good buddy and uh, are you going to work with him on any new designs coming up or i actually have a um an idea for a van meter shirt for that i've i've been talking to jonathan about um our most recent shirt was actually Easton Hawk did the Stardust Ranch shirt. Oh, and that, yeah, that's that's, that's right. probably my favorite. Yeah, I got to pick one of those up. <laughs> I got to pick up yeah. both your shirts, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Stardust Ranch shirt is, it turned out beautifully. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, Easton is a... Uh, Easton is a beastin with his, yes. <laughs> with his illustration skills. Yeah. He's actually, yeah, I was, <laughs> he's coming back on the show in, in, a, in a few episodes, which will be fun. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's our plans for 2022 just to try to, um, try to release 
we'd like to release a bunch of merch. We we're trying to get the um, we're trying to get the Patreon fully geared up, and we're gonna start hitting festivals. Uh, we want to meet a lot of. We've made so many cool friends in the last you know seven months. Yeah, yeah. We, we just want to meet some of you guys in person. Yeah, no. Uh, like CryptidCon and Cryptid Bash last year was was awesome, and I mean, Strangeology is just about to turn two years old, and I've met some of like the coolest people I've ever met in my life throughout this community, and it's so supportive and and welcoming, which is really nice to be a part of. So yeah, we're, we're glad you guys are are hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's and, yeah. And, I mean, we're we're pumped to be here. Stuff, yeah. For sure. When we first when we first launched the show, I I honestly didn't expect this at all. Like <laughs> being because the closest thing we ever tried to doing this before was a band, right? And that's a completely different experience. Like you meet people you like and you get along with, but like you're not interacting with the bass player from that band you played with last Saturday. You're not seeing what they're doing every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and and doing the band thing is probably a hundred times like more work than yeah than this stuff it's funny um yeah yeah it's wild the progress is just so much slower yeah you know it takes so much longer to write a song than it does for me to write you know 10 pages of script yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're back to the you play a show to five people in a dirty basement yeah. somewhere that you drove three hours to and you're not getting gas money <laughs> to get right. home to <laughs> you just carried like an 810 cab down a narrow basement staircase <laughs> yeah story of my life oh man <laughs> yeah um well i'm i looks like i've got a couple of uh questions um from a couple of my patrons actually Cool. Um, so I'm going to just going to wing these out to you. Um, yeah. so this first one is from, uh, Cassie's land. Uh, and she asks, is there, if there is one truth out of this whole strange and paranormal cryptid universe that you could get the answer to, what would it be? Hmm. Man, you know, I think I'd say. I think I'd say afterlife or not. Hmm. That's what I'd really want to know. Yeah. Because I think that shifts everything, right? I think that's a huge question. Yeah. It's probably um, the biggest question, right? <laughs> yeah. It would probably precipitate a lot of other answers based on knowing that, right? Oh, yeah. Where where did um, we come from and where are we going right. and are we alone in the universe, right? Yeah. <laughs> the big <Right>. three. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's probably, that's probably what I'd go with. Nice. Nice. Um, and then the, uh, the other one I've got is from Greg over at all the weird. And he asks, is there a topic which might not be in the Fordian realm that you'd like to cover on your show? Um, you know, I've like, obviously the closest like the closest thing to what we do that isn't what we do is true crime. Um, yeah. And I try to, I, I've tried to, we both, Ryan and I have tried to avoid like kind of dabbling in those waters, especially when you cover like a haunting, it's very easy to get dragged into like the atrocities that created the haunting. Right. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I try to stay away from those because they scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I think like 
Yeah. The, yeah. Cause they're the, the realness behind the stories. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I don't, I, and I'll use cryptid the way, you know, to describe all those things on the boat behind you. Like there isn't a single cryptid I've heard of that is scarier than people. Right. Right. <laughs> like no way. The human monster um, is the worst monster for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there are, there are definitely some, some histories that I would love to, that I'd love to get into. That's like the one, the one drawback to our premise is some stories are interesting and they're not scary. Right. right. Like, and the goal is to write a scary campfire story. Um, so yeah, there's, that's a, another avenue that all these Patreon shows are really giving us a chance to like dive into topics that we don't have to worry about making them scary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I'm kind of doing that through the, through the Patreon, the, the series, the monthly series that I'm going to be doing is called into thin air. And it like, it explores the missing 411 phenomenon. Nice. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that's, that's probably the answer. Cool. Um, yeah. Cause I love a disappearance story. It's especially open-ended ones. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got to look into it. Um, yeah. Are are you familiar with the uh, the Bennington Triangle disappearances in Vermont? That's yes. a pretty wild story. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to like go down there sometime and just kind of take some video and and do some vlogging. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, I don't know if I want to get abducted by some right. kind of force. <laughs> Slip into some void. Yeah, yeah. Ben yeah. Bennington, I think, is um, the town that's near there. It's in the southwestern corner of Vermont, and I think it's like, I don't know about in the nation, but at least in Vermont, it's one of the, one of the most, if not the most haunted places um, in the state, and my oldest sister used to live down there, and the apartment that she, uh, that she rented, she claimed was haunted, um, I one time my folks and I went down to visit and we spent the night there, but I don't think I experienced anything, but I was definitely on edge yeah. <laughs> going to bed because I was made aware that like, Oh yeah. Uh, your sister saw, uh, an apparition like hanging out in a doorway. And I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Why are we staying here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, All right. Well, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Sorry. The the Bennington Triangle is super interesting area in general. Like yeah. there's some cool urban legends in that area too, like the redheaded hitchhiker and yes. stuff like that. Like, yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah. From the, that area. The man eating rock. There's also mm -hmm. like Bigfoot uh yeah. stories and UFO stories and stuff. Yeah, the whole like Glastonbury area. It's mm -hmm. just like this vast wilderness that you <laughs> you have to hike to get it to get to because it's like this dead lumber mill town from the late 1800s yep. yeah um definitely there's definitely some weird stuff in new england so yeah <laughs> see that's the bummer of growing up somewhere like indiana because like i didn't get to grow up hearing bigfoot stories at yeah. all like other than my dad's of course but right. that happened in alaska right but like there's a lot there are lots of ufo sightings here because 
it's open skies basically. Yeah, it's very like, flat out your way. Yes. <laughs> it's basically like living on a giant sheet of paper that they just plant corn all over. Yeah. Like yeah. that's all it is. Nah, I, you get these <laughs> like little strips of trees every four or five cornfields that you can see through. Yeah. Right. That's about yeah, that's about as dense as it gets. Yeah, I remember when I um when I was driving to CryptidCon back in November, I I, I took the New York um turnpike all the way out to erie pennsylvania and then i passed through ohio and once i was like past like cleveland it was Uh just like flat and i was just like oh (laughs) yeah i've never driven out that way when i was a little kid i took the train with like um my mom and my grandma to go out to like uh washington state to go visit some family out there but i don't remember the terrain except for like on the plain states right. <laughs> where it was just like totally flat. But um, yeah, no, that's uh, wild stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. Once you get out of like Appalachia, once you get to like central Ohio, it's basically flat until Nebraska. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not very interesting landscape. <laughs> no, but definitely some, not. Some interesting stories. Um, well, it was awesome uh, having you on the show tonight. Jordan, um, where can my audience find you online? Jeff, don't you want to know what keeps me up at night? Oh, shoot. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I scrolled past that. I've got like my, my document. Every time I flip back and forth, it like right. jumps on me. Well, let's do that one though, because that's my, that's, that's always like a really fun question. Um, yeah, what keeps you up <laughs> up at night out of all the high strangeness out in the world? <laughs> um honestly, I think it it goes back to it goes back to what we were talking about with the shining. Um it's probably demonic possession. Ooh, yeah. It really really freaks me out. <laughs> like um I've covered it for the show twice and both times I have like legitimately like wake, like wake me up from a dead sleep nightmares for weeks nice. after I cover it. Like it really affects me. Um, just the idea of like someone, you know, turning on a dime, like changing on a dime is like terrifying, right? Whether yeah. it's supernatural or not, it's that's scary. Um, but yeah, it messes with me, especially one when you're researching one that, ends up having like you've stumble upon like audio files from exorcisms. And as soon as I'd get, I would find an audio file. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like I'm going to have to listen to this thing. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably it. That's the one that freaks me out the most for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's legit. And it's just for sure. it's been so common throughout history. It's happened. It's a sh- It's shockingly common yeah. throughout history. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> and there's an unsettling um thing that yeah. <laughs> you have to contend with in reality, or hopefully you don't have to at any point right. in your life. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And some version of it exists in almost every culture, right? Like it's one of those just, it's one of those widespread things. It just seems like it's a part of the human experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it kind of, it, it asks, begs the question of like, uh, is there more to reality? Is there this other realm 
are the there are these other consciousness or energetic right. beings that attach themselves to you in some right. way or another based on an emotional state, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you you look at the phenomena, and you don't want that to look back at you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. It's like when you talk about skinwalkers. There's just a little bit of you that's like, do I do I want to put myself under this microscope? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks thanks for uh, thanks for revealing your <laughs> your thoughts on that, man. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, uh, that's about it for all my questions here. <laughs> I think we, we, we've been going on for, for a bit. Um, so, um, yeah, if you can let my, my audience know where they can find you online, um, your merch shop, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find the podcast on all the social media, um, campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, it's Campfire, T-O-T-S-A-U. Um, you can find the podcast on every, any, literally anywhere that you listen to a podcast. Wherever you're listening to this, you can find us. Um, yeah, and please do that. Yes, and definitely check out this podcast. It's great. And support them with uh, merch and check out their Patreon too because this kind of stuff takes a lot of work and, and it's really helpful to, yeah, to Patreon's have, about to blow up to have support for sure. Uh, if you love this kind of stuff and you want to support your favorite creator, definitely you got to check that out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Jordan, um, for my patrons stick around. We're going to take a quick break and, uh, Jordan and I are going to talk about the Ozark howler and, uh, some weird stuff that goes along with that. So yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, catch you everybody next time and uh, keep it strange. All right. Thanks again, Jordan, for coming on to the show. It was a blast. We'll have to do it again sometime. I definitely make sure everybody out there listening to check out Campfire, Tales of the Strange and Unsettling podcast. It's an amazing show and they've got some really cool merch and a forthcoming Patreon and they're really ambitious and they're going to do a lot of great things. So yeah, that was great. Uh, and as always, when I do wrapping up an episode, I've got to give a big thanks again to everyone out there who checks out this show. Uh, thank you for listening to and sharing the Strangeology podcast with your friends, your family. It helps me out so much when you do to spread the word. And if you have a minute, I'd love it if you left me a review over on Apple Podcasts or if you want to send me a message, suggestions, you can hit up my website, strangeology.com and go to the contact page or you can shoot me a DM over on Instagram. The lines are always open. <laughs> and if you have a story, uh, just going to pitch this again. If you have a story about a strange encounter with something unexplained, whether it's a cryptid, a UFO encounter. I'm trying to gather 
some stories for a new episode that's kind of like a listeners-based stories type of format. <laughs> I did this one uh, kind of thing early on where people wrote their stories and I read off the stories, but I have a voicemail available. You can give it a call anytime you like. The number is 802-448-0612. And I think there's like a two to three minute time limit. Um, so if your story takes longer than that to tell, you can just call right back and pick up where you left off. <laughs> Again, uh, if you have any stories about the strange and unexplained encounters in your life, definitely, uh, Give the Strangeology hotline a call. Again, the number is 802-448-0612. And of course, before we sign off today, we've got to plug the Patreon. If you're looking for an easy way to support the Strangeology podcast and what I'm doing over here, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I offer a wide variety of benefits and perks, which start as little as $1 per month. Some of the perks include shoutouts, a merch discount to my Etsy shop, VIP Discord access, early access to content, access to the members-only Strangeology Beyond segments of the show, and hopefully future Patreon-only episodes, exclusive members-only merch, and much more. And speaking of shoutouts, these patrons are helping keep the lights on at Strangeology. We've got Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Mystic Novelty Company, Appalachian Huntsman, MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird, Sean Cologne, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Marine Asmat, Prepared Wolf, Gail Frederick, Adam Flynn, Connor Boyle, Ryan Holiday, Cassie Maratson, and Lutra Zykowski Ford, and Angie Fitz. So again, if you want to check that out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology. I very much appreciate it. And you can also support the show by picking up merch over on my Etsy shop, which I'll link in the show notes. I have a lot of cryptid and alien designs and other branded stuff as well, from t-shirts to tank tops, long sleeves, hoodies, stickers, I also have magnets now. I don't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, So there's a number of designs on die-cut magnets. Uh, There's mugs as well. I have a couple of enamel pins and plans to design some new ones soon. And don't forget to follow me over on social media as well as YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, of course, TikTok, where things are going totally wild, Twitter and Facebook, whatever you prefer. And that about does it for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview. And for members, we're going to take a short break here. And Jordan and I will be talking about some strange tales of Southern cryptids. So stick with us. And for everyone else, take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, keep it strange.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around for Strangeology Beyond, which is your exclusive...